back after the international break. Good to have you with us. It's um, really good to be back. Man, that international break seemed to go on forever. Forever. I, two weeks going on two years. And, and what football was there to talk about? Almost nothing. Um, I don't know about you, but I have very little interest in watching uh, the England football team buffering over the internet for £11.99. £11.99 of worthless rubbish, I'd say. I mean, I have to say, I saw quite a bit of the England game um, buffering over the internet, and I paid nothing for it. Not that I'd condone that kind of illegal streaming, of course. No, of course not. um, Thank you, Saudi Arabian television. (laughs) Oh, how often have we said those immortal lines? You know, just (laughs) sit down of an evening, you want to watch a bit of quality television. Thank you, Saudi Arabian television. So, uh, Bolton Wanderers. Um, cool, uh, it was a bit hairy at the end there, wasn't it? It was just a little bit. I, I thought United were, were significantly better than um, in the draw against Sunderland a couple of weeks ago. I mean, way better. Um, but sort of panicked in the last 20 minutes after uh, Matt Taylor scored and, and all, almost lost it right at the end. I mean, to be honest, Gary Cahill should have scored and United should have gone home with a point and another 2-2 draw. Yeah, and I mean, it is slightly worrying what's going on with United at the moment. They're, this, oh, I don't know, it's an enigmatic squad, isn't it? Because talent, there's just absolutely no shortage of talent. But I remember you saying at the beginning of the season, we do look a little short on experience and a little short on leaders in, on the pitch. Yeah, uh, I mean, leaders on the pitch for sure. I mean, without Red Neville on the uh, in the game, then, then United have no kind of natural... Leader, I, I I don't know in the modern game whether we need a keen type, but um, there seems to be a bit of a polarisation of the squad, doesn't there? There's the old hands, Van der Sar, Giggs, Scholes, Neville, and a load of young kids who often show their inexperience. And uh, I wonder if that wasn't the case on on Saturday. Um, certainly, some questions for Ferguson to answer over the coming weeks. And a lot of the solidity of the last couple of years have been, has been based on the Ferdinand Vidic partnership and that's um you know Rio Rio's really struggling he really is clearly struggling yeah i thought he had a decent game against bolton and um, certainly better than in, in some games recently um no stupid mistakes uh, but um I, I thought united looked a little vulnerable in the air without vidic i mean that's obvious to say and, and johnny evans is 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 you know growing in stature um but he's he's known the manager Vidic when it comes to attacking the ball, um, and Bolton are apt to play you know pretty direct football, and they did that quite successfully. Yeah, um, I thought there were some bright spots going further forward though. It was nice to see Valencia get off the mark. There was a couple of lovely moves involving Mr. Dimitar Berbatov, who's swiftly becoming just a personal hero of mine. Um, do you see that? I, the, you know the the flying volley. Um, that that he he was saved, and and it wasn't particularly well placed. Unlike his uh, flying volley, I think two weeks before, which was incredibly delicately and beautifully placed. Um, but the amount of power he got into that flying volley was just ridiculous. I don't know he's the little move between him and Giggs, uh, and he's just got such an abundance of talent. Oh, I thought he was great again. Um, and um, I, I think he's becoming a really significant player for United. I, 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 I'm really not sure whether the fans buy into the, the media kind of analysis of, of 
Berbatov is some kind of lazy player. I, I just don't think that's true. I think he works hard for United and he's a supremely talented player. He's becoming really important and he was really good again on, on Saturday and I think he's had several games now where he's been really significant uh, for the club and, and this he might need to be because Rooney's certainly going to be missing for the midweek game. Let's hope, fingers crossed, he's he's back for Liverpool but if he's not, Berbatov's the leading man. Absolutely, it's um, you know, we're just we're just there's there's no two ways about it. We're we're weaker than we were last season, but so's everyone else. Yeah, it'd be interesting. United's trip to to Moscow, obviously the the plastic pitch is is going to play a major part. I, I know Ferguson's dismissed that as being an excuse, and and rightly so. Um, but with uh, several key key players out, uh, Rooney, Giggs, uh, I don't believe Evra's gone either, or Fletcher. Um, and uh, Moscow side playing at home with some pretty good players. Um, it's going to be a really tough game. Well, with the exception of Berbatov, you have just listed our four best players this season. Right, yeah. And and Giggs, again, majestic on Saturday, and, and United will miss him, uh, uh, I would suspect, um, in Moscow. Um, probably a fairly young side out, I, I guess, Anderson... Um, and Carrick and, and I, maybe Scholes will all play and, and, and Owen and, and Berbatov will certainly start up front and Ferguson will be hoping that Vidic, uh, he travels, uh, will be fit. There's some doubts about that. Um, if not, uh, Evans will play again. It's, um, it's, it's just further reason why it's so good that we've had such a good start in the Champions League because, uh, this has definitely got to be the most difficult um, fixture, hasn't it? You'd think so, yeah. Wolfsburg away um, will be a challenge, of course. Uh, you know, they're still not playing particularly well in the, in the Bundesliga at the moment. Um, but we have back-to-back games against Moscow now. Um, if United come away from this with a point, and I think that will be a really good result. Beat them at home. Uh, we'll be looking at eight points and almost qualified. Definitely, but then if we if we lose this game, it's not the end of the world either. I don't think. I mean, Wolfsburg away is a tough fixture, but if you had to choose that every week for the rest of your life, you're gonna Manchester United are gonna have to play Wolfsburg away or CSKA Moscow away um, with a bunch of really significant injuries. You definitely uh, want to play Wolfsburg away every week, wouldn't you? Yeah, so we'll see. Um, challenge for United, but uh, you know, one that they're capable of meeting, I guess. Um, a much tougher match, of course, will be um, Anfield next weekend. Uh, yeah, biggest match of the season, of course. Um, Liverpool not in great form, but let's uh, all buy a beach ball. Let's all buy a beach ball. Na 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 na. Poetry, wasn't it? Poetry. Absolutely, quite simply, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. Just um, as as I watched it, I I have to admit, like I, I'm I'm a bit of a soppy git, and I'm not much for hating. Uh, I'm not much for hating the opposition. Um, so for an instant, I thought, oh god, that's really bad luck, because I thought it was a Sunderland balloon type thing. I don't know that they dropped at the beginning of the match, but when you see that Liverpool badge on that. Uh, beach ball it just suddenly becomes an absolutely transcendent beautiful moment that's right and and perhaps even sweeter because um, it shouldn't have stood oh dear let's hold a minute silence um, <laughs> well now it's interesting that you say that because 
Um, Barry Glenn Dunning was talking on the Guardian Football Podcast about how the rule actually refers to outside agents and uh, only ever uses... Um, uh, it doesn't ever use the word it. It always uses him or they. Um, Interesting. So, so there's some suggestion that actually uh, that rule doesn't specifically refer to foreign objects on the pitch. It just refers to outside players or what, uh, outside um, people such as fans or or stewards or whatever. Though, of course, a referee would almost certainly stop the game if a flare came onto the pitch. So um, yeah, most, most referees who've um, kind of spoken about this one think that it should have been stopped um, and the referee in question has, has basically been stood down for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. I mean, e- either way, um, I don't think Liverpool could make too much of a fuss. They, they were well beaten on the day. What would just be brilliant is if there was some way of just holding up massive, um, I don't know, just a massive photo of the moment where Rayner is clearly diving for the wrong ball and hold that up in the away end. It'd be fantastic. I know. I mean, I can understand. You might get confused, but uh, white ball, kind of small, big, massive beach ball, <laughs> not too difficult to confuse. <laughs> and um, apparently he, he, it was in the back of his own goal. He put it in the back of his own goal because it came on the pitch and then it kind of blew out into the six yard box. <laughs> it was just divine intervention for sure, you know. Um, the thing is, though, I, I, the way the human brain works, something big and red probably attract your attention in a moment of reactions well um united fans all three thousand of them have been buying up um beach balls by the the thousands on the liverpool fc website apparently and and available on ebay for 18 pound 50 but plus delivery uh, worth every penny i'd think <laughs> it's fantastic isn't it that's right. And um, so the Anfield Road end, I'm sure, will be showering down red balls on Pepe Reina when he's uh, when he's um, facing them in the first half. Uh, of course, uh, Liverpool always attack um, the cop end in the second half. Uh, at least that's the tradition. Um, and so uh, five times Liverpool have lost this season. Um, you, you'd think they'd, they'd uh, do absolutely everything they can to try and turn that around at Anfield, though, wouldn't you? I mean, it's going to be a huge game. Um, but I think I think it's almost like whoever the international break hurt the most is going to be at significant disadvantage because they lost Torres and Gerrard. And, um, you know, this isn't original thought, but Liverpool without Torres and Gerrard are a sort of second string premiership side. You know, that, that that's their two best players by by a considerable margin. They also lost Mascherano, of course. Um, and if Torres and Gerrard are fit and Rooney isn't, then United are, you know, that's that's not good news at all. But if Rooney is fit and they aren't, then you know we we're kind of streets ahead of them, really. Yep, you'd, you'd think so, and uh, I'm sure um, Ferguson would want to you know, bang the nail in um, another loss for Liverpool, and, and you'd have to think their title aspirations would be over this season. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because they've got that kind of wounded animal thing going on at the moment, where you you wonder whether they'll react sort of fiercely and defend their honour in the face of their arch rivals coming to their home turf or if the kind of apparent lack of confidence and perhaps a bit of lack of team spirit or something that's going on at Anfield and and just you know Benita seems to just be struggling there they're, they're, they're not in a good good way at all are they oh uh, that's right in I... fighting in the inboard in fighting in the dressing room and Benitez fighting with himself I think you know they just don't seem to be title contenders at the moment and I'll stick by my 
prediction that if Manchester City finish in the top four, it'll be Liverpool that don't. Well, we'll, uh, we'll find out in May. Um, of course, uh, talking of uh, Benitez then and uh, yeah, ranting, Ferguson uh, in the last couple of weeks, absolutely brilliant rant about Alan Wiley's fitness. I thought he actually had a fair enough point. I mean, um, Wiley is not the slimmest of referees. Okay, it was a bit personal, but uh, you know, so what? It's um, he, he didn't call the guy fat. He said he wasn't fit enough. I mean, I don't know. He's Sir Alex Ferguson, so of course he's never wrong and whatever, but uh, referees take pretty strict fitness tests, you know. Um, To call a referee unfit is a a very significant claim, given how many miles they run each week and given the kind of testing they have to go through. Okay, so here's my question. Um, Even if Ferguson's wrong in his assessment... Mm-hmm. Is that still improper conduct or bringing the game into disrepute as a, in the parlance? The whole thing's a complete sham. The the whole nature of of that, as far as I I can see, the that just the fact that that football managers are interviewed immediately after the match on a regular basis by a variety of media outlets. The referee is probably the individual with the single biggest capacity to influence outcome on the whole pitch, more than any of the 22 players, who just the power of one person to make a difference to the outcome. And the referee's performance should be under scrutiny from the manager. The manager should be allowed to say, I thought the referee had a terrible game today. Because it's an opinion, you know. Everyone's got an opinion on football managers. I think by their very nature, everyone takes managers' opinions with a pinch of salt and understands that they're going to be a little bit myopic and a little bit one-sided. But how does it bring the game into disrepute for a manager to kind of echo what the fans are thinking, echo what the observers of the game are thinking? It's ridiculous. If he said, you know, I think Alan Wiley is a disgrace and was, you know, cheating in favour of the opposition because his grandmother comes from Sunderland, that's that's something slightly different but you know that they, they should be open to a bit of criticism i think all right the, the rules basically say that you can criticize the referee in the context of the game but you can't make a personal criticism or imply any kind of bias and i don't think a ferguson's criticism was about bias certainly not no and i really don't think it was personal either he's not called the guy names he's questioned a key skill that referees need to have, and that's fitness, because if they're not fit, they can't keep up with the game. Now, Ferguson might be wrong, but if a manager is wrong in his assessment or decision-making, should he be banned for that? He's just wrong. Um, And uh, he's been held up and laughed at in the media, and that's a pretty serious punishment as it is. Two other things I wanted to mention, really, and I I spoke about this on Rant this week. Um, One, the FA has never handed out a touchline ban for comments made in the media. Never. No. And this is almost certainly going to be the first time they do it. The second one, Rafael Benitez uh, was warned this week and found guilty for making fun of Phil Dowd in a press conference and putting his glasses on and suggesting the referee couldn't see. I, I really don't see too much difference here. Um, but the punishments, it looks, are going to be different. And that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's just complete nonsense, isn't it? I mean, I you know, I think that probably the balance of the way that the 
the way that the big four are handled by the powers that be probably comes out in the wash. I don't think United get particularly worse treatment than other big four clubs. I don't think they get better treatment than other big four clubs. I think that all the big four clubs get more uh, more difficult to manage treatment in terms of things like this and public relations. But then, you know, it does seem pretty clear from the statistics that the Big Four probably get a slightly better than average rub of the green when it comes to refereeing decisions during the match. Um, so, you know, it's all it's all just a complete nonsense, isn't it? It's all people taking the game far too seriously. I, I think the FA, though, have to... Um have to get their house in order a little bit too. It's it's all very well reacting to media hysteria uh, about something like this, and uh, a lot of it whipped up by uh, the referees themselves and Alan Layton, who uh, has called for Ferguson to be banned not only from the touchline but from all coaching, uh, which is you know, frankly ridiculous. Because um, he called him Porky. Well, yeah, well, he didn't he, even call him Porky. Because he didn't even call him Porky. Oh, that is just ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it's well over the top. But but here's the, the FA that are um, millions of pounds in the red because of Wembley Stadium, who um, have never been able to get the, the Burton Academy up and running, despite years of promises, um, but are quite able to send the England team to Doha to play a meaningless friendly against Brazil. For cash, uh, this is um, this is an organisation that's utterly incompetent. Um, I, along with many other fans, hold them in contempt, um, and they just seem to prove it again and again with uh, uh, the you know supposedly independent decisions um, in the disciplinary panel, which uh, you know basically just show the FA to be judge, jury, and executioner. And uh, it's a system that um, has been broken for a long time, and I'm quite sure on November the third they'll prove it once again. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, the, yes, un, un, unquestionably, there's a lot of um, there's an apparent lack of partiality in the system. Yeah, maybe. I I, I think the worst thing though is uh, inconsistency, which leaves them open to um, charges of hypocrisy. I don't think they're biased per se, um, but the decision making is certainly not consistent. You wonder if it's if it's something to do with the tension, you know. The the more media attention there is on a story, the more likely they are to react hysterically to it because of the financial bottom line and the relationship between the England setup and the media and all that sort of thing. I think they make decisions not based on policy but on a knee-jerk reaction. And, and in fact, policy is set by making decisions and it's completely the wrong way around. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on a more positive note, and, and one decision that um, yeah, United fans will all be looking at with uh, great interest, uh, the Ballon d'Or, the European Footballer of the Year Award, which, um, of course, isn't just about European footballers, so it's the World Footballer of the Year, but based in Europe award, uh, picked by France Magazine and uh, European coaches. Um, four United players on the, the shortlist. Uh, of course, the, the absolutely peerless Ryan Kiggs on their age 36 and, and up for the, the best footballer in Europe. And I can't think of, you know, I, I I would certainly not think it in any way wrong if Ryan Giggs won that award. Uh, he probably won't. Um, Messi and Ronaldo uh, appear to be the front runners, and, and usually these things go uh, with the expected recipient. So I'd expect that it will be Messi, Ronaldo, Kaká, and I guess Torres or someone like that in the top four or five. 
Yeah, and Ronaldo will win it, right? Or maybe Messi, but I'm pretty sure Ronaldo will win it. Uh, I think the feeling is that it's Messi's year simply because Barcelona won the uh, European Cup last season. <laughs> really, it, the Ballon d'Or really should just be called the best player in the Champions League winning side that season. Door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and Barcelona have six nominations this year. Right. Uh, although one was Lacan Ibrahimovic, which, uh, frankly, is ridiculous. Well, Here he is a player. Definitely, definitely, definitely would win the Ballon d'Or if it was just decided by YouTube clips. Uh, that's right, or, or uh, you know, self-opinion. Um, uh, <laughs> the reason he, of course, he's not at Inter Milan is, is nothing to do with uh, his skill. It's uh, because um, there are there was not big enough space in the San Siro for two egos like Mourinho and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Absolutely not. Uh, but um, uh, that's decided later this year and announced before uh, Christmas, I believe. So uh, look, look forward to that one. Um, and uh, of course, it's about now that they start voting, I think, for the PFA Footballer of the Year Award. It's always never made any sense to me. <laughs> it, it's... Um, it, they take it on an annual basis. So uh, just after um, just after Christmas, uh, I believe the, you know, all the footballers vote for the PFA award, and it's supposed to be done annually. But of course, everyone just looks at the season that is. So uh, it'll be whoever's performing best in the uh, five or six months between August and December that wins the award this year. So if they were going to vote on footballer of the year right now, who would it be? It's going to be Ryan Giggs yeah, again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Magnificent. It's fantastic, isn't it? Because he probably didn't deserve it last season, um, but he probably does deserve it this season. You know. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was very good in the time he played, but of course, he he didn't play that much. Although he played more often than um, I think some of the media reports said. Uh, they they kept focusing on this twelve games thing, which were, was the number of games he started in the Premier League. But he played. Uh, 41 games in total, the exact same amount as uh, Steven Gerrard last season. Um, but, uh, it, of course, if uh, the Scouser had won it, then uh, I don't suppose the BBC would have been complaining about it so much. <laughs> no, although in the interests of balance, and I know that you, you're not necessarily a servant of the interests of balance, I'm pretty sure Steven Gerrard played a lot more minutes than Ryan Giggs last season. Yeah, I, I seem to have lost those statistics, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well... Um, We'll see a bit about that one, and um, uh, I guess uh, that's about it for uh, this rant. Uh, we've taken the two-week break. Um, I hope you haven't missed us too much, dear readers. Uh, keep uh, following the website. Uh, this will be available on iTunes, of course, or you can uh, leave some fee- feedback at cast at uh, unitedrant.co.uk, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.